Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. This is the On the Pony Express podcast, part of the On Three Network. Check out all the SMU coverage you need at OnThePonyExpress.com. Now, now, here's your host, Billy Embody. Billy Embody. One, two, three. Let's go. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the On the Pony Express podcast. I am Billy Ambody. Thanks for listening. We are presented by our friends at Status Jet, statusjet.com. Use code PONYUPACC or mention on the ponyexpress.com when you book a round trip flight with Status Jet to get a discount on that round trip. And the great thing is, is you'll get that discount and you'll get their incredible service that helps you get from point A to point B in the way that you would expect to with a charter experience and a private jet uh, company. So uh, whether you're buying or selling an aircraft or just focused on getting your travel coordinated with a grade A company, reach out to our friends at Status Jet. David Henry and the team over there are proud supporters of SMU Athletics as well. You can call them 866-405-1070. I mentioned planning spring break. But David and I are already planning the season flights for SMU fans. And let me tell you, if you're on on the Pony Express, you've heard me mention this or seen me, I guess, on the site mention this. But when it comes time for that Stanford, tri- Stanford trip in particular, if you're in Dallas or want to get to Dallas, plan on Friday morning catching a charter jet that we're going to coordinate into Paso Robles, 
We'll do an epic event with Bill. We'll also tra- use uh, get transportation to the Stanford game, and then we'll fly out of Stanford Saturday night post game, whenever that is. You'll be able to surprise yourself with how competitive it'll be if you planned it all on your own and you had to pay that extra hotel night for Saturday night or however you wanted to do it. Trust me, let me take care of you guys and Status Jet will take care of us as well when we do this. So stay tuned for more details. David and I just had a meeting, talked with some epic people. We're excited about putting that trip together for our uh, SMU family uh, here on the, on the Pony Express podcast. So with that, guys, we are going to preview the offensive side of the ball for spring practice, which begins on Tuesday. But we have to lead off with the news of the week, and that is that Marcus Bryant did enter the NCAA transfer portal. And Marcus is leaving SMU after multiple years as the starting left tackle for the Mustangs. And I look at this decision, and I, I had some opinions on Twitter, obviously, and on the message board, but there are different avenues for me to unpack this and and talking about this. But let's get down to the initial reaction, which is SMU is going to have a starting a new starting left tackle. They also are going to have a new starting center, and that is uh, with Branson Hickman in the portal. But Marcus Bryant started 29 games with 42 appearances for the Mustangs. Since he started playing, which was as a true freshman in 2020, believe it or not, the Round Rock Texas native has started at left tackle the past three seasons. He was an all-AAC first-team selection, 6'8", 320 pounds, immediately becomes one of the top available offensive linemen in the transfer portal. And quite frankly, I've seen him linked. Uh, Our Alabama site has asked me about him. Washington loses starters. USC, Ole Miss has been mentioned. Arkansas, TCU, he's going to command some attention. And it makes sense. He has experience. He has size. He's a great kid. He's a great young man. So he's given a lot to SMU. He's entering as a grad transfer. And now SMU will have to fill that void. And they will look to a P.J. Williams to step up, a Savion Bird to compete there. Can Caleb Johnson turn the corner? Will somebody like a Sean Scott come out of nowhere and, and maybe grab that spot? Or will SMU go into the transfer portal in the spring and find an offensive tackle like they did with Hyron White last year, and he can solidify that left tackle spot for the Mustangs or give you some versatility where somebody else can solidify that spot and that player can solidify the right tackle spot. But this is a big deal for SMU. Let me make that very clear. Whenever you're losing a guy who has started as many games as Marcus Bryant and also uh, like a Branson Hickman who started as many games as he has. It's a big deal. You're going to have to replace experience. You're going to have to take uh, re- replace a guy who knows what he's doing on the offensive line, and he's proven. So we'll see what Garen Justice has up his sleeve, but that is with, that is where it's at with, with Marcus Bryant's departure. So I don't think there's any chance he comes back. And in a way, the good thing is, is now you can give those ad- additional reps to P.J. Williams, to Savion Bird, to others in the program who want to be here and you can start developing them for spring ball. Here's where I kind of break down all the different avenues for me and and why I I kind of feel a certain way about Marcus Bryan and Branson Hickman. And this is me 
feeling this. Like if I was a player, I would not in a situation where you have your coaches back, you're now moving up to a, a solid level of competition. You're going to play Florida State next year. You're going to play at Louisville. You're not you're going to be able to show once again that you can handle some of the top defensive players in the country. That's I mean, you're going to have that opportunity. You've been a starter for years. You're now getting your degree, which is great. And you've built connections. I mean, Marcus is a part of, you know, some NIL collectives and programs at SMU. Uh, he interned with the Dallas Wings uh, last summer uh, through the Life After Ball program. And I said on Twitter, I, I said, it is wild to me that you can have all those accolades. You can be trending to be one of the best offensive linemen in modern history of SMU football. I mean, really, he is. And then for one season, you can graduate and leave. And quite frankly, I use the term toss it all away. And aggressive, maybe. But quite honestly, in this day and age, grad transfers have been a thing. And I know I said in the tweet, I said in the transfer portal or whatever. I use terms like that to encompass the whole idea, you know, with with transferring. And I get it. You go back to a Russell Wilson who did it and led Wisconsin to a Rose Bowl. There's been grad transfers here and there before the, the transfer portal. And guys can, without a doubt, and I'll get to this in a second, it's just not something that I would do is to knowing the circumstance where just from what I've heard, it's not a, man, they don't have my grad program, I've got to leave, or I'm going to get overtaken. I've got to leave or whatever. Do I think there are programs out there that have the chance to offer more NIL in the end than maybe SMU could have right this moment? Yes, I do think that's a that's a possibility. I would not have. And on top of that, Marcus is getting paid, was getting paid by the collectives at SMU. So it's not like he was being neglected in that sense. I would not leave for one year. That was what I said. It's wild to me to think that that you've worked to build yourself and this program into where it is and where it's going, and you can leave. And so I said that on Twitter, and people, of course, jumped down your throat like, I don't want players to be able to leave, and I don't think players should have the ability to leave. I have been a proponent from the beginning of players should be able to leave because coaches can leave. They can do whatever they want. Players should get paid. I personally think it should be pay for play. I think it should be taxed. I think it should be, which it is, but I think it should be more regulated in the sense of contracts because I think tampering is, at least in the college game, it is an issue where if you have them sign professional contracts or you know the like, you can really bring in some heavy-handed tampering laws and... Um, and maybe if coaching contracts ended up being like the NFL and the NBA and things like that, and you saw those tampering laws or bylaws or whatever the phrasing is, be that strict where colleges have to ask permission and this and that, then maybe we would see the tampering be respected in the player world as well when it comes to those contracts. And so I, like, I think if players want the freedom, there also has to be a line to walk of, well, 
if you're going to give your word on a on an NIL deal or if you're going to give your word to committing a scholarship to that player, there should be stronger strings attached if you are a representative of the university. Like head coaches, some coordinators, assistant coaches, they have buyouts. They have things that they have to repay if they leave for another job. Players, if it is pay for play, you can then build in a buyout. So if SMU after the 2023 season was saying, all right, Marcus, we're all set to bring you back. Here's what we're going to do. Here's your deal. He has one more year. He can get that money from the program, and that is a great situation for him. But back up a little bit. Post-2022 season, or even post-2021, Sonny leaves. SMU says, hey, Marcus, we'd like you to stay at SMU. We'd like you to sign a two-year deal because we know you're going to be the starting left tackle. And we'd like you to be the starting left tackle. We're going to pay you $150, and then we're going to pay you 200 And that's going to be the deal. If you leave before the 2023 season, we're going to need 100 k of that 150 back. And we're going to need this, and we're going to need that, or whatever. Maybe those contracts are are honored a little bit more, and you have to have you know programs that respect it a little bit more. And I do think there's some tampering, and I do think there's some, uh, you know, business behind the scenes that goes on with this. And I'm not saying that it's right now. It is how business is done. I'm advocating for a little bit of change. So that maybe this type of stuff doesn't happen as much. I'm very much for, though, players being paid and paid for what it is, which is pay for play. And then basically ending up as professionals because that's what the college game is becoming. I'd like to see more regulation on tampering or getting someone out of a contract and treating it like an NFL type of player or treating it like a buyout with a coach. Because if people want to say, well, the coaches have the freedom to leave. Yes, they do. But they also, in some cases, have to pay buyouts to leave. And we know that the college head coaching carousel with those buyouts in place is what makes that system a little wild. And then it trickles down to coordinators and assistants. If players had buyouts, it might slow people down a little bit. That's my point. So, yes, coaches can leave. But if coaches didn't have buyouts, think about maybe how much more there would be that willingness to say, okay, we don't have to pay a buyout to so-and-so. Look at that, you know, that coach who's on the rise, very clearly like one of the top coaches. But man, we just hired that coach two years ago. We could tell that coach might be better. We're going to take a shot with him. That's the transfer portal. That's where players can get acquired because there's no buyouts. There's none of that. So, yes, coaches can leave willy-nilly and all that, but there are buyouts. And so it's not wild as it could very well be. And that's why we're seeing the transfer portal be that wild. So, yes, there's freedom with coaches. There should be freedom with players. But there are roadblocks to coaches being as free as players are right now. So just kind of think about that.
when it comes to when people advocate for players to have freedom. There should be maybe some roadblocks like there are with coaches um, in that sense. Otherwise, we are seeing the true wild, wild west um, of, of this transfer portal era. And so that's where I like, I wish Marcus Bryant all the best one year. And if you know what, if, if you end up at Arkansas, if you end up at um, USC, if you wanted to be out of the heat and you wanted to go play for Michigan, if Michigan would take him or Ohio state or Michigan state, if that, if that was his reason, he can have his reasons. And I, whatever, like, go, go do it. Like, that's your prerogative. That is your decision. And I'm all for you having the ability to do that. You've graduated. You've got your degree. You played a lot of football for SMU. What I said on Twitter was firmly and honestly about, man, I just don't get it. Like, I don't get leaving for that final year. And part of it, too, with the day and age of collectives paying players you can build a lot of solid relationships. I mean, think about James Prochet. Does he, if he left for his final year of college eligibility, got his degree after his junior year, would he be working for Bill Armstrong as an intern at some point in between his NFL seasons? Maybe not, because Bill, I don't know. Bill might say, man, he left my alma mater high and dry when we needed him to be one of the top receivers on the team. That's where people are saying, oh, wow, the, you know, the audacity for maybe some people to hold a grudge. It's not holding the grudge. It's just that, man, I would have hired Marcus to work for a real estate company or be, um, you know, in my, le- uh, my, my communications department for a team I'm involved with or work for Leo- Learfield or all sorts of different avenues that he was building up for himself with some SMU alums, maybe those doors closed because, man, you left. And especially if somehow he ends up at TCU, those doors can certainly slam. There's just a difference, you know, and it's it's the same thing like a cover LSU. Kid leaves Louisiana to go somewhere else for college. Louisiana is not going to be as open-armed for that player if they go finish out their career even if they go on to the NFL and you're like, man, Louisiana, all right, you claim a, a great NFL player. But if you didn't go to LSU, those LSU fans are going to remember, man, I remember when LSU recruited that guy and he didn't end up coming to, to LSU. We're not necessarily going to support him like that. So it works on all sorts of different levels. So I, I just don't have a any sort of uh, – Discussed for what Marcus did for himself. I think he should be free to do it. I really do. And he should get compensated as much as he can make if that's why he went in. If he wanted to see better weather and go play in Miami or be on the beach and you know go play at Miami or whatever reason or play in front of a massive stadium for you know eight of your or, or seven of your last college football game, games, like okay. Like, that's your reason. I get it. Go for it. But all I said was, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't sacrifice that last year. You know, and and so it's 
it's it's weird. Like we had Marcus on the show after the after Stank show. His mom came in, filmed it. It was awesome. It's just weird to think about a guy like that who went from I, I, man, I swear, I think it was SMU and Incarnate Word were his offers, and I know it was a different staff that brought him in. So I'm not even trying to stump and say Rhett Lashley gave him an opportunity. I, I think I'm pretty sure it was AJ Ricker, but it's just kind of weird. It's a weird time, and I know it happens, but um. It's just kind of a weird, it's just odd to me. So uh, that said, I'm all about player rights. I think they should be able to be paid for it to be pay for play. Just run it through the university because then you can have businesses sponsor the school, write it off, and then they know where the money's going. And it's very taxed and organized and the player can just run, you know, so-and-so car dealership wants Marcus Bryant to be the spokesperson for the 2024 season well all right it's going to cost you about 50 grand you know that's that's what marcus is wanting but we're going to run it through him and we'll handle it and then just call it what it is paper play and he'll do the sponsorship you could write it off for your business and that's that's the deal so just think there's got to be a way to to also regulate it a little bit when you have these universities that do give to NIL and they do, or, or they're, they're boosters do give to NIL and they're investing and they're investing and then they pull a shoot and they're, they're out, you know, like it, it leaves the program in a, in a hard spot at times. So at least if a player is going to say, I want to leave, well, okay, then let's go ahead and let's get a little buyout money back. And then that also, one, maybe makes the player be a little bit more financially responsible. I don't know. So. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. That's, that's my take. 20 minutes on the pod, guys. <laughs> Sorry about that, but uh, maybe that'll cause some discussion and, and we, can, we can talk a little bit more about it. But quick reminder before we preview the SMU offensive side of the ball for spring practices, Quick reminder, statusjet.com, give them a call and and just have a conversation. Uh, whether you have friends that would like to book a spring break trip, the Masters is coming up, give them a call, 866-405-1070, use code PONYUPACC and mention on the PonyExpress.com and get a discount on a round trip flight. So that is something to explore. You can certainly uh, talk with David Henry and his entire team about how Status Jet can help you get get from point A to point B. Could be a big plane, small plane, helicopter, whatever. You could use it as a business uh, trip to impress clients or what have you. Uh, that is the type of company you want to align with. They will take care of you 100% with world-class treatment and a great experience from when you step on the tarmac to when you step by you know, your destination or step back uh, into uh, your home base. Uh, they can get you from point A to point B the right way. So statusjet.com, we appreciate their support. All right, let's run through SMU spring practice here. Uh, the quarterbacks, uh, Jordan Hoffaditz, if you're not at OnThePonyExpress.com, subscribe for just a dollar for your first two months using SMU1 
That's the code SMU, the number one. That is the code for a dollar for your first two months. Had a bunch of people subscribe, so appreciate them for doing that. Jordan Hoffaditz broke down position by position while I handle a lot of the recruiting reaction from the, the junior day earlier this month and some different things. By the way, big news coming uh, at some point this weekend, so maybe just you know keep it locked on the site uh, there. But uh, Jordan broke down the positions. SMU quarterback room will quickly hit on this. Preston Stone is going to be limited in the spring per Rhett Lashley. He's not going to be able to do um, – uh, 11 on 11 from what it seems he might throw some routes on air he might get into seven on seven but Rhett said that he is going to be limited uh, but he is on track it was kind of expected that uh, his injury would take the time to get to 100 percent for the summer and then he'll be ready to rock when fall camp comes along now that means Kevin Jennings is going to get his opportunity to pick up a lot of reps and I think this is key because one, Kevin has a chance to further impress the coaching staff. And I think Preston's resume from what he put together in 2023, he is your starter. That's that's how it is going into the 2024 season. I don't think there's reason for a competition. That said, Kevin Jennings earned himself more opportunities if, let's say, SMU gets into the, the, the game against TCU. And they've been unchallenged. They rolled first two games, 2-0. BYU was good. Maybe they won. If they won, I don't think this happens. But God forbid they lose. The board is melting down. Things don't go well. Would Rhett Lashley look at Kevin Jennings in the midway through the second quarter and SMU's been doing nothing, and they say, hey, Kevin, let's see if you give us a spark here. Because he's gotten more reps. He's gotten game experience in the clutch, in big moments. Across the last two seasons, really. Tulsa, Memphis, Tulane, going up to Boston, playing in that muck. All those things, it hasn't been perfect. But you see certain areas where there is that talent and why SMU likes him so much. Giving him these extra reps in the spring will give him the opportunity to maybe feel a little bit more confident about his standing in the program, which would, if you're SMU, you really hope he sticks around, which that is also a piece here, which is why reps make a lot of sense for him. I love what Kevin Jennings brings to the table. I think he could be a heck of a quarterback for SMU if he got the opportunity. But the reality is what Preston Stone did last year and the way he was especially trending at the end of the year, he deserves to, to take the snaps game one. There's no question. But you have a guy who's certainly playing with a little bit more confidence in Kevin Jennings because of what he put together in that last couple games. The experience gained. Played a Power 5 program, played an AAC defending champ, and beat him. I know their returnovers wasn't perfect, but he put them in position to obviously win that championship game, and they did. Defense played great, helped. It was a team win. But you have, you have Kevin getting more opportunities to spring. You also have Keldrick Luster, who will get more reps. Obviously, Alex Padilla is no longer on the roster. Keldrick redshirted last year, completed two of six passes for 23 yards, rushed twice for 12 yards in some mop-up duty. And then Tyler Aronson, the big freshman from the, the Sunshine State, he is on campus. He is ready to go for his first practice as a Mustang on Tuesday. And so we'll see him 
get in uh, to the program and, and get going on as far as his action goes. So I'm looking forward to seeing Tyler. He's uh, been preparing for this for a while. He's got a good body, big kids, about six, three, maybe a little shy of six, three. Uh, and he is, uh, you know, about solid 200 pounds at least on, on that front. So uh, he'll be a fun one to watch for Mustang fans um, when it comes to uh, getting him on the field. So um, I'm not going to spend too much time on the quarterback position. It's pretty cut and dry for me. Kevin Jennings gets more reps. You also have Keldrick Luster and Tyler Aronson who get a lot more opportunities this spring because Preston Stone is sitting out. We'll also see um, Derek King get an opportunity to coach up his room for a full spring practice for the first time. So uh, then we get into the SMU running backs and the Mustangs do have some talent in that room and they will be uh, looking to develop that group a little bit more this spring. And the newcomer in the group is Brashard Smith. He is coming in from Miami. He's going to play a little bit of slot too. So don't, you know, I, he was listed as a wide receiver coming out of high school, which is kind of why we included him in the wide receiver preview of, of for spring practice. But he is starting out as a running back with Kyle Cooper. And he is uh, that kind of Roderick Daniels type of athlete who's explosive, able to make big plays. And the Mustangs are going to love him in the return game, which is going to be tough to kind of wait and see on when it comes to that. Uh, they'll they'll that that's more of something he's proven. He was the fourth best average yards for uh, for kick returns in 2023. He did it at Miami, so he's going into the ACC again, and he is electric. Uh, some of the highlights Rhett Lashley showed at the signing day uh, uh, event that he did were were electric. So um, Rashard Smith is uh, in the running back room. He's a thick, sawed off kind of slot option for the Mustangs gadget type, but he's really going to help in the return game and, and take some carries too. Big thing for this group is hitting their potential. They will have Derek McFall join them. The four-star athlete will join them in the summer, but you have three guys that hit various points of progression in 2023. You have Jalen Knighton who rushed 136 times tops on the team for 745 yards and seven touchdowns, he added 13 catches for 89 yards and a touchdown. He had LJ Johnson, 108 carries, 576 yards, four scores, seven catches, 58 yards. Kamar Wheaton, 83 carries, 410 yards, five touchdowns, three catches, four, 44 yards. Gone are Tyler Levine and Velton Gardner. And Zane Miners, the walk-on uh, veteran now, uh, had 24 carries for 101 yards in 2023. Jalen Knighton. I mean, you got to find a way to to get him to hold on to the football. I think that's key. Uh, I think now that he's going into year two at SMU in Rhett Lashley's system, maybe we see him be a little bit more consistent as far as his reads and vision, and that allows him to hit some bigger plays. We won't really know that in the spring, of course, but we'll probably see some of the wiggle that he has out there and, and his ability to make the big play. LJ Johnson is probably the guy that's trending best to be maybe the starting running back for this football team in the fall. He's got that combination of size and speed that you want. And, and I think for, for SMU, you've got, you've got a guy who really has been able to show that type of power and speed in spurts, especially the Memphis game. He had a good game. So I'm just, 
he was fresh in the system last year. He wasn't a guy that had experience like a Jalen Knighton or a Tyler Levine or Kamar Wheaton and other guys like that. He was new, brand new. So year two, he's going to know the playbook a little bit more. I, If you're an SMU fan, you're hoping that he can be the bell cow and be that 1,000-yard guy for the Mustangs. And then Kamar Wheaton, who, quite frankly, is the most talented guy on the team, I think, um, as far as a true running back. But he is flashed, and he just hasn't been able to break through, you know, as far as a consistent running back. So he's still got two years left, along with LJ Johnson. Jalen Knight has one year left. Rashard Smith has one year left. This is – it's not do or die by any means. And by the way, if Kamar Wheaton can can have a productive season, like if he can get to 100-plus carries, if he can get to over 500 yards – and you're seeing L.J. Johnson and Jalen Knighton contribute at a decent clip, I think that means good news for SMU. Where I think we've seen, and I have to go back and like really look at some of the stats, but I feel like Jalen's production was a little bit you know, helped by some of the non-conference blowouts that they had. You had Kamara, I kind of think the same way. And all three of these guys at various points battled injuries. So you didn't see too much time lost. Uh, LJ lost some time, Kamar lost some time with injury, and uh, Kamar was suspended the first game. But LJ Johnson ha- or uh, Jalen Knighton had a suspension mixed in there. But consistency and availability is probably the biggest thing. So getting the most out of them this offseason off is a big task for Kyle Cooper. When you go to the tight end group uh, is where I'm going to move to next. Micah Hiltz, Nolan Matthews-Harris, and Cam Allen are all gone. SMU's still going to look for another veteran tight end to bring in to this room, I would think. And that is going to be something that's key. You have Stone Eby as your H-back. He was able to open some holes. You won't have Elijah Chapman. He's gone. But what you do have is a star type of player in RJ Maryland, who looks like he's going to set some records for the Mustangs. He still has two seasons left to play. He had 34 catches, 518 yards, and seven scores last year. And you have Adam Moore, who, believe it or not, he might be 21 already. And I know he's a true sophomore, but uh, he has three seasons left. He came on a little bit late, six catches, 98 yards. They call him man-man for a reason. And the Mustangs, or man-child, or one of the two. But uh, he is a boss. And I think he's got a chance to be really special. But what SMU needs this spring is to really get Trip Reardon up to speed on being that physical blocker, big body. He he can be that type of a guy that can move the pile. And he's shown some plus athleticism in workouts. He redshirted last year, had one catch for 26 yards. If he can be a physical force blocking for SMU, then you can maybe get a little bit more creative, whereas when you have to have Stone EB in there, being a true H-back, yes, fun helps maybe, but Trip Reardon's ability to also catch the football is a nice piece too. And Adam Warren's not a small guy either. I mean, he's listed 6'2", 250, but, uh, which is crazy considering Trip 6'4", 236. You just need those guys to really give a little bit more. And, and it's just development. Development. I mean, when you you – you know, you're at the high school level, you're in Tripp's case, a bigger kid than everybody else. You're able to wash them down. In more Adam Moore's case, you're almost split out. Uh, 
exclusively as a senior. And then Lonnie Johnson, who's really just transformed his body. I mean, he, he really impressed me. I think there's a loose outside chance that yes, Lonnie Johnson is a tight end. He is, he is, made his body into like an RJ Maryland. He's not there yet size wise. Don't get me wrong. Like wait, but Lonnie has that wide receiver talent where I'd be intrigued if SMU can't get some of the things that they want out of these wideouts. Can they maybe find a way to get Lonnie as a big physical matchup on the outside and maybe get a little bit more out of the outside receiver spot that we know that SMU needs more out of. So at the wide receiver spot, Thinking, uh, speaking of that, you do have Jordan Curley off to uh, rehabilitation and then try to get his NFL shot somehow. And then you have seven veterans in this room. You have guys like um, Moochie Dixon, Jake Bailey, Roderick Daniels, Romello Brinson, Keyshawn Smith, and a little bit of Brashard Smith, but then Jordan Hudson. So you have, yeah, you have six, sorry, six veterans in this room uh, that are returning in particular. And then you have young guys, Jackson Lavender, Jamarian Carroll, Ashton Cozart. Those are the redshirt freshmen. Ashton Cozart is the new face from Oregon. You also have Randy Reese, who is a gray shirt. So he joins the program as a true freshman. And this room probably has the most pressure on it. And here's why. Jalen Knighton, Kamar Wheaton, LJ Johnson, I'm and tossing Burchard Smith. I think you could roll any of those guys out there. And if you can get one of them, two of them to game day, you're going to be okay when it comes to getting what you maybe need out of the running back group to be competitive in the ACC in year one. You need more consistency holding on the football, Jalen, just being more consistent, LJ being healthy, uh, Kamar being healthy, being more consistent, all that. But they have you could tell like the talent is there at different spots for all those guys to make it really work for the running back room next year if they if the offensive line takes step forward in the ACC or rises to the occasion, I should say. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. But the wide receiver room, here's priority number one for next season. And I know there's pressure lumped on this guy, but there was pressure lumped on other guys when Rasheed Rice left. And now after last year, you see why you need somebody like a a Jordan Hudson in particular to step up and be that guy. And he has to do that. And it's going to take time. It's going to take a moment for him to realize that maybe but if in this spring he can learn that and take advantage of the opportunity that he has he can be a number one guy he can be an elite wide receiver and I think that's the most important thing that can happen this spring is yes 
they need to find a true number one that can step up and be a guy that they absolutely rely on. They need that. That has to happen. We won't know until the games. I mean, that's the reality. Who can stay healthy? Who's going to be available? But Jordan Hudson's now in year two of the program. The training wheels should be off. I mean, that's the reality. Training wheels should be off. He should be ready to go. And he has a chance to be a superstar. I mean, he really does have that opportunity to be that guy. He had 30 catches for 425 yards and seven scores last year. Uh, that led the wide receiver group, I'm pretty sure. Yes, uh, led the wide receiver group, tied for the team lead uh, in receiving touchdowns with um, RJ Maryland. But then you have Romello Brinson, 28 catches, 431 yards, two touchdowns. Moochie Dixon, 28 catches. 441 yards, four touchdowns. Keyshawn Smith, 25 catches, 392 yards, three touchdowns. Jake Bailey, 42 catches, 528 yards. Pretty wild he didn't have a touchdown. Roger Daniels, 24 catches, 370 yards, four scores, 15 carries, 23 yards, nine kick returns, 23.6 yards per return, 24 punt returns, 10.7 yards per return with a touchdown. And then you have the young guys. Jackson Lavender had a catch for 20 yards. Jamarian Carroll, one catch for seven yards. So that and Ashton Cozart didn't play for the Ducks. Outside spots, you need a guy to step up. I think Jake Bailey, Roger Daniels, a little bit of Brashard Smith, but maybe a Jackson Lavender can be solid, good options out of the slot for the Mustangs. And they have that ability when looked their way to make plays. We know that like good things happen when they can get those guys a little vertical or on some deep crosses, things like that it just works out. I'd like to see SMU maybe develop different ways to get them the ball just outside of the jet sweep. But the reality is, is those guys are explosive and they're a pretty good group uh, that that balance each other well of slot guys. So um, at at the outside receiver position, uh, I think you're 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 looking at um Maybe seeing uh, somebody like a Romello Brinson stepping up. I think Moochie Dixon is a trendy pick as well, just because he was um, uh, was hurt for a good amount of time. I think that's something that is worth remembering uh, when it comes to um, when it comes to that. Um, and and he really once he got through that broken finger. I mean, it was a broken finger. He was somebody that you can, you can rely on a little bit more. Um, and, and finding some sort of consistency out of Keyshawn Smith would be nice too. So it's a position that needs to see guys elevate their game. I think last year they were searching for somebody to do it and all the rotating and all the different this and that, and Jordan Hudson still learning or being, you know, having some training wheels on just ended up being a little much. So, there is an avenue that it rotating works, but it also needs to be done in a way that maybe you can, you got to be able to see somebody that maybe just needs a little bit, a little bit more playing time. It's like a, I can kind of equate it to a hockey player who might be struggling, but you know, he's a stud. They're going through a little scoring slump. Well, sometimes they just need a little bit more reps and opportunity to then maybe put one in the back of the net and then they can break through. And I felt like, Jordan Hudson was kind of that guy last year and he just didn't get 
enough opportunities, like just put them out there. Good things are probably going to happen more often than not. So anyway, uh, that is the wide receiver spot at offensive line. SMU has an interesting group here and I'm going to whittle this down pretty quickly. I'm going to kind of just give you a, a starting five and, and kind of some guys to watch because I got somewhere to be quite honestly. Uh, i got an important lunch for us, but uh, SMU does have options at the tackle spot and talking with Garen justice. And I, I think I mentioned this on a prior pod, but Garen justice said to me, at least that when he was talking with Savion bird, in the transfer process, he was so impressed at how high of football IQ he had. And I think that tells me, okay, he's going to trust him to either be left or right tackle if he shows what he needs to, of course, on the field. But having that IQ is something that I think they even underestimated throughout the process. And he was just stuck at left guard where, I mean, for whatever reason, Savion just couldn't gain the weight. Being at left or right tackle for SMU in the ACC, we saw Justin Osborne. I mean, he kicked out, and I know Justin's super talented, and he's got maybe a little bit more height and length, but Savion Bird could do the job at a right tackle, and I think he's going to have the opportunity to earn that spot, and P.J. Williams the same way. They're going to have their chances this spring to earn their spots at left tackle, at right tackle. Does Justin Osborne even stay kicked out there? Garen Justice joke with me. They're going to keep trying to uh, tinker with the offensive line combinations, keep me guessing a little bit, which is always fun. But that's how you should do it with an offensive line room uh, in in the spring is you should try different guys out at different positions and see how it goes. So that's what they're going to do with their offensive line group. And I'm intrigued to see how that works out on the, on the offense tackle spots. Caleb Johnson could factor in. Did Sean Scott get big enough and strong enough? The, second year guy who redshirted out of California. Can he maybe factor in, but along the interior, you've got Ja'Kai Clark now who's thrust into that starting center spot because you've got Logan part left guard. You return Ben Sparks. Who's played a ton of football. You return J.O. Those, I mean, the guard spot is in a really, really terrific spot, especially considering I am sky high on Alex Woods. Maybe he is a backup center or the starting center or what have you, or not starting, but number two center, he's your next guy up uh, after Ja'Kai Clark, if they want to keep Logan Parr at left guard, if he went down. But you also have Nate Anderson, who's a big physical guy that they're hoping with a fresh set of uh, circumstances, he can become this year's Logan Parr. Nobody really thought about Logan Parr being a starter for SMU last year. Turned out he's one of their best offensive linemen right behind Justin Osborne, in my opinion. So you lose Hyron White, you lose Branson Hickman and Marcus Bryant to the transfer portal. Those guys are gone. It means guys have to step up. And so this is now one of the most intriguing rooms, but it's also a room that is probably going to be addressed in the transfer portal after the spring. So we'll be watching that piece as that plays out. So there will be unanswered questions uh, until we probably get to fall camp uh, with how exactly this offensive line room is going to work out. They do have some stalwarts with uh, Justin Osborne and Logan Parr back. I'd include Ben Sparks in there. And P.J. Williams has played a good bit of football. Now you need some younger guys like an Alex Woods to really step up and push. Reagan Gill pushed some guys. Sean Scott just might not be there size-wise, but 
I know he's he's somebody who has the athleticism if he can put it together. He was also nicked up a little bit in the fall, so we'll be tracking that. But with that, guys, uh, hope you guys enjoyed this edition of the On the Pony Express podcast. Quick reminder, again, subscribe to OnThePonyExpress.com. Subscribe to uh, wherever you get our podcasts at and hit the like button on them as well, especially on YouTube. And if you want the official game ball for SMU, go to BigGameUSA.com which is right here in, in Addison, Texas, and use the promo code BEON3, B-E, or B-E-O-N, the number three, for 10% off your order and free shipping for the official game ball of SMU football. Hope you guys have a great weekend, everyone. Thanks for listening to this edition of the On the Pony Express podcast. Catch you guys next week to preview defense and hopefully talk a little bit about the big news I alluded to. So thanks for listening, everyone. And we will catch you next time with another edition of the On the Pony Express podcast. Thanks for listening to the On the Pony Express podcast with Billy Embody. Follow us on your socials on X at SMU on three and on Instagram at on three SMU. And keep it locked to OnThePonyExpress.com for more coverage. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's $200 to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on3 and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050-420-47 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE. NY or text HOPE NY in New York.